Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Today, I'm so happy to introduce you to my friend, Laura Padgett. She is, she and her husband live in Colorado. Is that right? Where in Colorado, Laura? We're in Montrose, Colorado. Okay. Laura is an award-winning author. She is a worship dancer as as well as a regular dancer. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, And a podcaster. Her podcast is called Living What You're Given. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Laura and I are kindred spirits because we're kindred ages. She started her podcast on her 70th birthday a year ago. And she's coming up, uh, well, by the time this is... um, broadcast. It'll be about a year and a half then worth of podcasting for you, Laura. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on Welcome Heart, uh, Living a Legacy Life. You certainly are um, an epitome of living a legacy life, and I'm excited to have your story on my podcast today. So welcome. Thank you, Sue. I appreciate it very much. Would you tell us a little bit about uh, your family and your ministry, and then we'll get into legacy. Yeah. I am married to Keith, and I have one child, Gabriel, uh, biologically, I have two stepchildren, Lori and Oren, and then uh, some children in love, the, you know, in-laws, yes. uh, Lisa and Albert, and uh, Samantha is Gabriel's wife. And uh, so we live um, right here in Montrose, Colorado, on the western side of the Continental Divide, if y'all know where that is. And I have a ministry that, like so many others who went away during COVID because it, it meant meeting in person. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I teach dance. I teach uh-huh. praise dance. Mm. I teach regular dance or I have in the past. I don't know if I'll continue to do that or not. There mm-hmm. may not be interest, but my ministry is to help people understand through my writing, through my speaking, through my podcast and through the dance, that we are beautiful and acceptable at every age, every stage. And praise dance can be done by anybody. You don't have to be a trained dancer. In mm. fact, that's the best way to come into it. Mm. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Boy, I wish I had, no, well, I know you now, so I guess I can still learn to praise. <laughs> I'm sure. Ter- I, ter- I'm, I'm terribly uncoordinated. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I know. And, you know, people tell me that all the time. And I say, yeah. art, art is never about the feet. Art lives in the heart. Oh, and so uh, to Jesus, you're on point. And you're a gold medalist, too. So don't mm. worry about ever worry about that. But I have often thought and people have re- approached me about doing a YouTube channel on sacred dance. So you yes, know what's you coming should, up next. You should <laughs> totally do that. OK, you have to repeat what you just said because it was too fast. Art lives in the heart, not the feet. Is that what or you the, said? Yeah, it, it, art doesn't live in the hands or the feet. It lives in the heart mm. because the heart is fashioned by God and he is our greatest creator. Mm. So I always look at myself, Sue, as the canvas and he's the artist. Mm. Mm. And that's what I teach as a dance instructor. And that's what I teach as a writer too. We're how only did, the canvas. How did you come to know Jesus? Well, I came from a family where um, there was all under the umbrella of Christianity, but two different faith bases, and neither one of them really wanted us. And one was very clear that we were not welcome as my father was uh, married to a divorcee. So 
I really kind of felt like, oh God, yeah, right. Okay, not for me. And <laughs> yep, a lot of people feel that way. Not for me, and I'm not for him. But when I was 26 years old, living in the town I live in right now, Montrose, mm-hmm. Colorado, um, I had a Damascus moment brought to me courtesy of several people who had witnessed to me. And I had said, no, thanks. And we got into, God and I kind of got into a wrestling match. And Mm. one night I really, really was brought to understand that I needed to check this out more. Still, I was um, hmm, hesitant. Okay, let's use that word. But then- Resistant, resistant. Oh, indeed. Mm-hmm. But then through the months of reading the Bible and talking to people, I finally did come into a personal relationship. And then he brought a woman into my life named Dolores, who mentored me for 35 years. Oh, and that's what your book is based on. My first book is based on that. It's based on what it feels like to be on the outside, which is so important for followers of Christ to remember that not everybody is a cradle Christian. Not everybody was born into the uh, Mm. church. And Mm. so for those of us who were always made to believe, you know, that we didn't belong there, that that's just not true. And we must always be on the lookout for those people because that's really who God has sent us to talk to. Mm. And I always say, you know, Sue, yeah. My, you too, you do this too all the time. And my mantra is, I did not come here to preach to the choir. I love the choir, but I didn't come here to preach to the choir. I came here to invite those in who thought they'd never be allowed to sing. Hmm. That's who I was. Hmm. And since then, here we go. It's just been that, you know, my my goodness, I was 27, 20 eight in there somewhere. And um, now I'm 71. So 71 on Thursday. And uh, yeah, what a journey. When did you start dancing as a baby? No, I did a lot of, uh, well, I like clubs and I like dancing because I was a big party girl. But I actually became quite ill in my 40s from chronic fatigue syndrome and oh, no. Sjogren syndrome, which I still have, which are, if anybody's a nurse out there, they know what Sjogren's Yes. You have, and, are you gluten-free? Does that mean you're gluten-free? Yes, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I am, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, have had a very tired, very sad and depressed and you know sue that was in the day when we did not have universal precautions and i practiced in the operating room as an or tech first assistant and so my first thought was i was newly married uh my first thought was aids i had aids so i did the Uh, testing and i did not have it but something was wrong yeah and i ended up going outside western medicine to an alternative physician who diagnosed it then the tests came back. The reason mm-hmm. that that's important is because what the doctors, all doctors told me was you got to exercise. And I looked at him and laughed. I could barely get out of bed in the morning. And wow. I saw Riverdance. And now here's the Celtic part of me. And the music hooked me in, the movement hooked me in. And uh, so I got better slowly, but I went and took Irish step dance classes. Wow. And, yeah. I, I and, didn't know. And I took um, in your forties, yes, ma'am. And then in my fifties, I took a gold medal in a statewide contest here wow. in Colorado. So, <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Yes, and I've taught it for years, and I still teach it, and occasionally I teach it. And so that was the beginning of dance for me. 
I also took tap dance and other dance forms because I just all of a sudden felt this love and this movement thing. But one day I was at a lady uh, women of faith conference and I saw mm. these beautiful women. They um, Thelma Wells daughter danced mm. and uh, somebody it, and they were in these beautiful costumes and it was just simple, easy praise movements and worship. And mm -hmm. I said, I want to do that. Wow. So I, I went and, and took lessons in Boulder, Colorado from a lady who recently passed away, I'm sorry to say, of cancer. Mm -hmm. But we will be celebrating her life at the end of June and we will dance because mm -hmm. she taught me how to how to move my prayers, my praise, my pain and my mm -hmm. worship. Mm. I'm glad you included pain because people are in a lot of pain right now. Yes, ma'am. And they might think, well, I'm never going to dance because I'm too depressed. How in the, so you are completely healed then other than, uh, but you don't have chronic fatigue syndrome. Once you have chronic fatigue, you always have chronic That's fatigue. That's what I thought. So, but the movement yeah. help you survive. Oh my goodness. Because it keeps the, everything move, moving, but you see a big part of chronic fatigue and it is an umbrella, Sue, it is an umbrella. Mm -hmm where lots of things get thrown in there, but it's Epstein-Barr. Mm -hmm. And so when that titer is pulled in blood work, then they begin to ferret out other things like Sjogren's and rheumatoid and different things. But for me, what it does, you see, is the praise opens my heart because my feet live on my heart. And so it just opens the heart and um, that's all. Mm. And that's a big piece of wholeness, even if we're not completely 100% well. And, you know, people look at me and they go, I can't believe, you know, you're the ever ready bunny on two shots of espresso. How could you <laughs> possibly have chronic fatigue? And I said, you don't see me on the days when right. the when, when the CF is winning. And, uh, and do yeah. you have any performances on YouTube that I could link? I do not, darling. And here's the reason. Most of the music is proprietary. Uh, so I haven't figured out yet how to do that. Okay. I, I do have one that I'm going to be putting up soon on my website okay. for the Lord's Prayer without music. Okay. Because I just taught that a few weeks ago at a ladies conference, and I'm really excited about revisiting that. But as I begin to move more, I'm going to decide on this YouTube thing because I think there's a need out there. Totally. And yeah. And pain, the pain that we're talking about is with chronic fatigue is uh, soul pain. It's hmm. soul pain because everything, nothing works well and you're tired and that we have, I have no answer and that's the worst thing about it. And hmm. I've had to learn how to hold the space in my race. And one way to do that was to get out of my chair and lift my arms and just whirl around the world with God. And Laura, I've heard of so many younger women, like in their thirties coming down with chronic, and mm -hmm. then they feel like, how can I take care of my children yes. or other bloggers? They pray for me. And I thought, how can you pray for me? Well, it's because they're in bed. They can't move or they don't feel like they can. And um, yeah. of course, blessed by any prayers in my behalf, but I just feel sad for them mm -hmm. because you and I are pretty active mm -hmm. at 70. And um, like I went to my little cardio beat class this morning. I thought, just keep doing it, Sue, because that's I feel it. like I need to keep my muscles lubricated. That's right. And some, that's one, right. one thing that you uh, have said is that um, 
uh, you invite those that didn't think they were allowed to sing. You said that. What do you what do you mean by that? I mean that unfortunately there is there can be within the world of Christ followers a TikTok the game is locked mentality. Mm-hmm. It is um, you know, if you are not raised in this, if you don't know what color to wear in the liturgical mm-hmm. calendar, if you don't know how to do this particular scripture and that particular theme uh, following the liturgical calendar or whatever, then you can't be um, God's person. And I think walking into a church many times, every church has its ritual, even right. churches who are free base or whatever you call mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to be very observant of people who look like they don't know what's going on because mm-hmm. I was there. I am more sensitive. My little antenna I go up mm-hmm. and um, my worship is hopefully still going on, but it's more important that I be looking around to include other people to come into that fold. Cause mm-hmm. it can be a tough place to get in and stay in, especially today because mm-hmm. we have Jesus plus. Mm-hmm. I call it the Jesus plus culture. You know, if Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that Jesus, what do you, if you, what do you believe this, I mean, I mean, you have to have a certain political or a certain mm. policy posture, or if you're a real Christian, I actually heard yeah. once on a podcast by a woman that if you believe a certain way about a certain subject, you can't be a Christian. And I was like, whoa, that, that doesn't That's make any sense. the gospel, is it? it? Well, it isn't. And it's Jesus plus nothing. There mm-hmm. is no Jesus plus. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what people need to understand because that's what I think I'm called to tell them. Mm-hmm. It is Jesus plus nothing except for his love and your acceptance of him. Everything else comes then, I think. I believe you're right. And I think your other mission is to stop looking at aging as a disease. That's something mm-hmm. you and I have talked about before. By the way, you have beautiful skin. But uh, even, if you did, even if you ah. didn't... <laughs> That's my problem. I'm not Italian. Sorry. Um, What what makes um, you think that people look at aging as a belief? Maybe that's a silly question because it seems pretty obvious. Why do you think they do? Well, it's always been accepted that way. And now came the boomers who said, ah, move over. We got a better idea. Boomers are always going to do that. We shake up everything, sometimes for the good, sometimes not. But I think it's just always been an image of Granny in the Rocker. And I'm going to tell you a funny story about that. But Granny in the rocking chair or Grandpa just sitting out on the porch with his pipe. And and that at a certain age, we assign that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and the, the world is for the youth. And that's mm-hmm. why I wrote Dolores, too. And that's part of the part of it is uh, when I talk about it, as I say, in a world that honors youth above everything. And I'm not saying anything about young people. I adore yeah. young people. I was a, I was a young people. I have young people. <laughs> and, uh, but, but the idea of every age and every stage is a useful place to be for God, for us. And I don't know where it came from, but I suspect it did not come from the Bible because most of God's heroes mm-hmm. outside of Jesus lived a pretty long life. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That is so true. Um, Yes, you say that we can live our best life at Mm. every stage and age. What do you mean by that, living your best life? What is your best life? I think your best life starts every day going, wow, thank you. Mm -hmm. I met a man one time who had done uh, 
17 years in prison for armed robbery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was the first time he went in. Second time, he did a few more years. Second time he went in, he got a relationship with God that he felt he had never, ever been exposed to before. And he told me that his first thing out of the bed every morning was to put his right foot down, thank his left foot down, you <laughs> thank you. And he padded, you know, nine by nine cell or whatever wow. to the little latrine and to the wash basin. And that is how he started his life wow. every day. And now those are circumstances that are pretty brutal. And most of us are not living there. So to me, that's the first place you start. You start looking at what you have instead of what you think has been taken. Mm-hmm. Boy, did COVID offer us an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was, what's la- what, what do we have? What matters? What is important? important. Um, and that's how I feel. But I also want to go real quick back to the thing about chronic fatigue. So okay. I want to encourage people that are really suffering with this, get help. There are doctors, there are physicians, there are alternative specialists, there are um, nutritionists, there are zillions of people get some help because it is real. It's real disease. And what do you think, do you think people don't get help? Yeah, I think we suffer silently. Because it's been one of those things that's just sort of been pushed away. Hmm. I think it's coming now more into the to the limelight. But I I think especially because there's a mental component to it. And we know what's going on with mental health right now. It is just it is not being honored. Hmm. And in terms of the needs we have, I mean, we hear about it. We do walks for it. We have awareness. But when push comes to shove, it's really not being legislated for us to be able to help those who are mentally ill and homeless. Uh, because of mental illness and other issues. So there's my soapbox. And I know you don't want to get on that. I don't either, but I'm just I don't saying, mind. As long I'm as just, it's not part. It's not the plus Jesus part. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. See Jesus plus and, and no, it's love. Mm-hmm. It's totally Jesus love. plus love, if yeah. anything. Right. So those are the things I think, but you also have to be aware. And I say this, um, that the warranty does come up and the parts do wear out. Mm-hmm. Yes. I always thought it would be funny to watch a bunch of Irish step dancers who are retired go through TSA. Really more titanium than a 747, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but things, there are things we can't do. And we have to be, that's another place mm-hmm. where we have to live our best life. Sue is to say, you know, I, I really can't do that anymore because mm-hmm. of the aging process, but not look at the aging process as an enemy. Mm-mm. Not as an enemy and also not with shame. I don't know. I think, I think, I think shame is from the pit and we're not people of the pit. And oh. um, so anytime you feel ashamed of having to let go of something or even say no, you can say no to things right. with God's full assurance. Um what do you mean by this statement? We go through seasons of giftedness and sharing the gifts of aging are a calling from God or for God. Now that's a big claim. How can our aging be a calling? Aging is a calling because we embrace it. Hmm. The embracing of aging is to say, I am not going to put the stuff, well, I call it putting other people's stuff on my credit card. I don't put attitudes of other people on my list of things that define me. Mm-hmm. And my aging now, I just put another Facebook post up today about aging and being a sage. And that is a calling of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to tell you I'm a very wise person. I'm not. But one of the pieces of wisdom is in knowing I'm, I need more help in being wisdom 
There's a good word. Wisdomize. Wisdomize. Or just I, asking God every day for it because he promises that's an answer to prayer. He promises if we would only ask. My brother, my brother is a lot, a lot older than both of us. Uh, nine years older. So he is 79 this coming September. And he told me the last time I was with him, well, you know, I pray for wisdom every day. He just said it as part of our conversation kept going. I thought, I sent that to all my kids. I said, you know, your uncle Hyatt still prays for wisdom every day, because that's oh. the better part of wisdom, knowing we need to pray for wisdom every day. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, man, do I agree. And I yeah. and I'm praying for it, too, especially right now. And you know, like we're getting ready to travel and we're going to go see a lot of our lovely family. And so, you know, you're saying, God, what is the wisest route? What even in little things like yeah. that, what is mm -hmm. the wisest place to stay? How do we get to see everybody and get the time mm -hmm. and things like that? But just generally uh, walking out the door and say, God, please let me be a wise sage in a world that sometimes can overlook me mm -hmm. and overlook the gifts that you've given me. Yeah, and overlook the person who doesn't even know him. And uh, for, for those that are not familiar, you find that prayer in James, the book of James chapter one. Now, why is comparing this is something I like to speak about too? This is also my soapbox. So I love sharing it with you. Good. Why is comparing and competing so soul destroying? It depends. Comparing and competing competition as a competitive dancer <laughs> and an academic competitive, I I think it can have a good place, uh, sharpening the swords, if you will. Mm -hmm. But when we compete, in order to be better than, hmm. when we compare so that other people are made to feel less than, mm -hmm. we are subtracting their value and we are really minimizing our own. Mm -hmm. Because competition, comparison, and control are the three pillars of the evil queen perfection. Perfection mm. is supported by competition and comparison. And we, for me, I look at other people and I say, what beautiful gifts those are, but I didn't always sue. I didn't always, sometimes, mm -hmm. oh, why didn't I get the ability mm -hmm. to do that? Yeah, or, exactly. Oh, she just thinks she's so cute because she, well, yeah, I don't mind she's cute, so get mm -hmm. over it. Yeah. But, you know, instead of embracing, <laughs> instead of embracing uh, the gifts of other people, when we are competing and comparing, we are never enough for ourselves. So mm -hmm. there's no way we'll ever, ever be allow other else. people to be enough either. No. It's almost like those, when I'm feeling that way, you don't want to compliment somebody else because it's as if it's taking something, something out of your life. But whereas on the other way, if you're so full of God's love for yourself, it's like, it doesn't bother you at all to give compliments as many as you can to affirm other people. Don't you feel that way? I feel that way uh, in authenticity mm -hmm. and also in letting go of the outcome, because sometimes you can say to somebody, man, I love that necklace. They'll go, yeah, thanks. And they'll walk off. They yeah. haven't even acknowledged it. So everything we do, I think we have to let go of the outcome. Another way to live our best life every day, mm -hmm. because the outcome has absolutely nothing to do with my relating to and following the obedient call he's given me. Now, when you said earlier, the three parts of the evil queen, I missed one of them, comparing, competing, and what else? Control. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's what you just said, letting go of the outcome. Yeah. You know, we, we, we learn something and then we try to uh, teach other people that which we have learned, but we have to let go of the fact that they may not want to hear what we have to say, even as, <laughs> as we get older. Um, I think learning how not to be, that we are not actually in control. It started, who knows, but I really 
found out how I wasn't in control when I had kids. But now when my kids became adults, that's when I really learned coming because I speak to young moms and they go, oh, it's so hard. I go, oh, no, honey, you have some control as to when they go to bed. And as they get older, you just give them over to the Lord. My girlfriend, we were talking the other day about our adult children. And she said, you know what, Sue? I'm not going to take them back from God. I gave my kids to God at birth. I'm not going to keep taking them back. He still has them. And I thought that was so freeing and a very wise person about our age as well. So how can we prevent um, uh, competition or competing uh, or comparing in ourselves and in others? How can we help? Well, for one thing, we can avoid, resist, and at all costs, move away from the temptation to do the retro reach. What's that mean? What it means is, and I always, I give a talk on the retro reach. It's when we actually continue to look back and your audience can't see me, but you can too. I'm looking back. I cannot possibly sustain that in a healthy posture for long. If you literally turn yourself and look behind you mm-hmm. without slipping a disc here, folks, you will <laughs> see that, that you cannot sustain that posture. It's uncomfortable. Mm. Additionally, you cannot move forward with your life. And when I'm constantly looking behind me, retro reaching, trying to be 40 when I'm 70, trying to look 30 when I'm 71. I'm comparing myself to a world that is absolutely not relevant to me anymore. I'm not Mm. saying I don't like to look my best. We all do. Mm. I'm just saying there's such an emphasis put on being what we used to be. Mm. And that what happened to us in COVID too. We were so upset because we couldn't have what we used to have. And when you're doing that retro reach, looking back there, it's okay to look back. It's just not okay to stare Mm -hmm. and you cannot possibly navigate your life forward. And that's the call forward. Navigation requires us to relinquish comparing what we used to be Hmm. comparing who we think we need to be. That was 25, 30 years ago and controlling how others see us based on not being authentic in who we are today. So it's okay to look back. It's not okay to stare. And I would add not okay to stare and get stuck because when we stare, that's when we get stuck on what, uh, on what someone else, what we think someone else wants us to be, or what we think uh, we need to be even to get God's approval, which, you know, he took care of at the cross and, um, and we kind of hold his big sacrifice, his huge sacrifice too loosely or we don't think it's important enough when we keep looking back and, and wishing we were something else or some, someone else. Bob Goff um, said yes. that comparison is okay when used for inspiration, which is kind of what you said. When we look at someone and we see something yes. and we go, now that's a good place to be. Or if I would say, hey, I want to begin to be a dancer like Laura. Well, of course, I'm not going to be like you, but it, you could inspire me. And our, yeah. I could start putting one foot on the ground, thank you, like this prisoner um, learned to do. Oh, so we're inspired yeah. in comparison, but we're not demolished. It's not soul destroying, as you said. So what would you say yeah. is your legacy, Laura, at this point in your life? The one you Right want to now, do? my legacy. You, yeah. I'm so sorry, love. What was that? I was just going to say, what legacy do you want to make my sure legacy. you're known for? 
I want to be known for inclusion. I want to be known for living a life that ages well. Because you see, we are always aging yes. and we are always growing and we are always trying to find ways, hopefully to be better. But I just want to do that well. And I want to do like my mentor Dolores did. I want to show people what it looks like to age well. Mm-hmm. And how, and what does that look like to you? It looks like being grateful for every single day. Mm-hmm. It looks like walking into a world that hurts and looking at the areas where maybe I can do something. I know I can't help every homeless person. I know I can't feed every hungry child. I know I can't dismiss every negative uh, political posture. I know I can do very little about some of the policies I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is love my way into listening to what other people have to say. Mm-hmm. And that to me is living and aging well, continuing to grow. You started with the word inclusion. I think that may have come out of your own personal hurt when you first came to the church. Um, And I think um, we all have been hurt by someone or something or some organization or even physically hurt uh, by disease or even violence in childhood. But all of us can take that hurt to God. And I think he when he says the scripture or the scripture, I'm not sure where it is, where it says um, to bring beauty uh, from ashes. I think we all have some ashes that we can do something with, we can stay stuck by staying underneath the ashes, or we can say, Lord, how do you want to bring beauty to someone else because of the pain that I've been through? And I see that. exactly. I see that in you, Laura, and what an inspiration that is to anyone listening today who may be still staring a little bit too much or still is in under the pain. I mean, I'm not, I know you're not minimizing the pain. No, I think never. you embraced it, right? Um, what did you have to do to make this happen to, to grow out of looking back or to grow out of feeling hurt by the church or by others? I had to look at what is the potential gain from staying in pain. Mm. What's your gain? What are you getting out of this? And then I had to say, I need help. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I'm a big proponent, as I said earlier, of getting help when we need it and admitting that we need help. And mm-hmm. there's that pride thing, Sue, that you talked about earlier. You know, I'm just too prideful. I can do it all on my own. Well, I couldn't. And so I've been very blessed over the years to walk into some very healthy groups and some mm-hmm. very healthy therapy sessions with people that I have, I guess I would say I have had to make a conscious decision to believe the truth and dismiss the lie. Mm. And also that has to do with the, with listening to God's word, Absolutely. being around God's people that I, but again, like you say, you can be hurt in church, you can, but one of the things Dolores taught me, and I do talk about this in the book, is people are flawed. Churches are flawed. Mm. <laughs> The things that happen are not done oftentimes on purpose, but God is not flawed and everything he does is intentional for our good. And when you accept that and surrender to that, surrender is a huge, huge piece. Forgiveness, big, big part of it. Mm -hmm. So those two things. Yeah, I think a lot of people throw out the whole baby with the bathwater and hopefully the better part of wisdom is that we learn what to throw out and what not to, who not to throw out. How do you, how do you, uh, and who, go ahead. How do you, no, you go ahead. 
how do you display God's invitation or his welcome to the world? I think I do it on my podcast and I tell people, uh, you know, we're doing different topics right now. We're walking through an entire year of choices Mm -hmm. and we are talking about things like surrender. We are talking about things of forgiveness, but in every single one, I try to invite people to engage with me and engage with my guest and to be to understand God loves you. Mm. And that's really you could say that a million times. If people don't feel it, then, um, you know, it's not going to be authentic to them. So I think that's one way I think when I teach dance, I also I teach it in a circle. I don't care. Everything's in a circle. And I learned that from dancing with indigenous people from uh, Africa, indigenous people from the United States. They do stuff in circle. Mm. There's a reason equity, equality, no competition, no comparison. And um, that's, that's how I always teach everything is in circle. So people understand that we are in a continuous circle and more than anything else, we belong to each other. Mm-hmm. That is the inclusion piece. We belong to each other as Mother Teresa taught us. And today we are going to be off this whole week, we're offering a copy of your book, Dolores Like a River. And we're so grateful Mm -hmm. that you're going to be doing that. And if you would just comment on uh, either Instagram or the show notes, you'll be entered in for the giveaway. Laura, you have been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Any parting last words? Any parting last words of wisdom? (laughs) No, I think just, you know, look at yourself, learn to love yourself. That commandment is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. If we are not loving ourselves, we are spewing out hatred. If we are not loving ourselves, we cannot love our neighbor. And if we are not loving our neighbor, we are not walking the gospel. I'm mm. sorry. That's the truth. <laughs> Even in our differences, right. I believe that's the truth. We can be different and still loving. And we have a situation and opportunity in our country right now and in our world right now. Yeah, things are expensive. They're tough. It's tough. And the world is watching Christian, they're not watching how you do well. They're asked, they're watching how you do it when it's not well. Yeah, amen for that. And where can people find you, Laura? I'm at laurallpaget.com. Right there, you'll find my books, both of them, Dolores Like the River, about my mentor that we've spoken of, uh, Jesus in Shorts, 25 short stories collected over, you know, seven decades. Uh, Everything from dancing to, you know, being in the operating room in some sad situation. And Um, and those two books are there. My podcasts are there. My blog is Living What You're Given, and that's there too. Thank you so much. What a delight. Thank you so much. Until Thank next you, time, Sue. think about Bye. your legacy, Bye. the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.